Welcome back. Oh my god! <laughs> Surprise! I was gonna do it in your accent. Oh. I was gonna try. Continue. But then I got scared. <laughs> I was not expecting that. It's not even April Fools yet. You cannot play God then wash your hands of the things that you've created. Sooner or later, the day comes and you can't hide from the things that you've done anymore. Welcome back to another episode of Beers, Beats, and Battlestar Galactica, where we, your co-hosts, Kaylee and Lisa, take you through the sci-fi original series, Battlestar Galactica, one episode at a time. Woohoo! Did I do good? You did great! Yay. Congratulations! So I've been going back and listening as a treat for you. I've been going back and listening to old episodes of you and Melia to see if you have any early predictions that might come true. Oh wow! Later in that the is series. a trick for me. This um, is great, and it's nice to like. I don't know. You guys had a, a two season long conversation that I wasn't a part of, so it's nice to Aww. like hear all of your early thoughts. Um, but there's one episode where you're like. Oh, I had a dream that like you, Melia, were not here and there was another girl hosting and she wouldn't do the intro. <laughs> and I was like, no, Melia is the one who's good at that. Oh my and goodness. I was like, it's me. <laughs> I can't believe I said that. But I can believe it because I was scared of doing the intro and I had to overcome my fear. You had prophetic dreams, like <laughs> so many people on Battlestar Galactica, I think. That's incredible. Right? Oh, what a treat. A prediction that came true. <laughs> hey, I think I predicted one thing that came true this episode, or at least for now. Remind me. Um, it was that the whole picture of Gaius on the next episode was a trick. And uh-huh. It was a dream. I did say so that. Did you, but did you buy it in the scene? No, <laughs> because Six wouldn't have been there because it makes no sense. True. So it, I was like, come on, guys. Don't insult my intelligence like that. And not just one six, but three sixes. Yeah, exactly. It's like the threes and the sixes seems to be Gaius's thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're drinking. Hey, um, if you couldn't tell. Thanks to 209 Station in Brooklyn, which is now my go-to place because it's two doors down from where I'm working. We have two Interboro beers and they are in... Uh, reference to our three sets of lovers in this episode, Mm. which we'll go over in a second. There's Real Love, which is the first one, which I'm drinking now, which is an IPA. To Love Dry Hopped, hopped, it says. I don't know what that means. It's an Imperial. And then we have the You're All I Need. Oh, that was beautiful. And they're beautiful cans. We've already put them up on the website. They are. They would be perfect if this was closer to valentine's day but um but this is all this episode's all about love we yes, have and what a beautiful episode it is yes we have the quartet <laughs> obviously <laughs> and then also of course not to be forgotten gator and gaius oh lovers for babies. the ages there's just they're going through a rough patch you guys so all, all i'm saying is this episode ends with Laura in Bill's bed. So, oh, yeah. Well, that was the third because it's the quartet and then Gator and Gaius ah, and then Rosalind and Adama. Space who, parents. Yeah, who lovingly puts her hand on his leg. Did notice. Also, as you would know from the podcast, 
Apollo's IRL wife is in this episode. Yes, I never knew that. And so she is the one who, who makes a loud noises. Makes a loud noises and doesn't speak in this episode, but she's the one who saved Adama when he got shot in uh, at the beginning of season two. She's the oh, one really? who operates on him because Coddle's not there. Ah, I didn't And that's know that. why she has a British accent, because she's Jamie Bamber's wife. <laughs> <laughs> And they're a precious little English couple. That's beautiful. Right? Well, shout out to her. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, cool. Yeah, well, we can talk about her. I know there's like a deleted, whole deleted plot line about her as we get into this. Yeah. There, it seems like this episode, okay, hilariously was supposed to be, and the word that was used specifically was, I'm on my wrong page of notes. I have <laughs> two, you guys. A light, fun-filled episode, what according a, to Ronald Z. Moore. What a romp it was. <laughs> it was so much fun. <laughs> so much fun. Yeah, we both listened to Ronald D. Moore's podcast this week, so we're coming at you with all the knowledge. Yes, mm-hmm. and we're going to be fighting over who's dropping it. I just <laughs> dropped a whole bunch of knowledge before <laughs> Kaylee could even get in. I would Here drop the mic, but they're expensive. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> They're expensive for us. It's true. <laughs> We're on a budget, but really, we got the cheapest stuff we can find. <laughs> hey, guys, it's not about the equipment. It's what you do with it. That's what she said. Uh-huh. We're adults. Always. So let's give this episode an official introduction. Great. We are talking about season two, episode 13, taking a break from all your worries. Which is a line from the Cheers theme song. I was about to throw that in and you got in before you gotta me. You going to sing it? You're going to sing it? I actually don't know the Cheers theme song. Have you ever seen Cheers? Like kind of randomly. Sam. Not really ever watched it. I watched Frasier a lot, which is a spinoff of Cheers, but I never watched Oh, I've Cheers. probably seen Frasier more than Cheers. Yeah, right? I think mm. that's true of a lot of people, at least. Our age. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, anyway. And also Taking inspired- a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. That's all you get. Yeah, until the Battlestar Galactica musical. No, we're going to sing before then. Let's Look, be we've had some support. We have. In so much support. of our Battlestar musical. That will be the closing of our podcast. Will be a Battlestar Galactica musical. Um, yes. Anyway, apparently this was also inspired by a MASH episode about a hole in a boot, according to the podcast. And it was originally supposed to be an episode about like opening a bar on the ship. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I just this, this episode went really in a different direction. And from- you know what? I think it really shows <laughs> that this started in a completely different ended in a completely different place from where it started. It seems really disjointed. And also obviously good old Eddie as a director. Oh Eddie. Oh Eddie. Directed by Edward James Olmos, written by Michael Taylor, who wrote Unfinished Business. Mm. Everyone's fave. Yeah. So I guess they can't all be winners, Michael. That's okay. That's good. That's good. It's That's, all right. We, it's better than, you know, being perfect. Yeah. I, you got to fail sometimes, except that we except had to that watch Except that we have it. to talk about this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. So uh, I think we decided because um, I believe the word uh, Ronald D. Moore used to describe the editing in this episode was aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are going to <laughs> talk about uh, our quartet. Yes, first. which is just a great... Just to get it the phrase. frack out of the way. Yes, but I do like the concept of the word quartet. For oh, I, I love quartet. It's so much classier than foursome. Yes, yeah. I agree. It, I don't know how, but it is. Uh, and then after that, we'll move on to the uh, 
Gaius Baltar torture porn. The yes, the other love scenes. Sure. Yes. Sure. Yes, I am sure. This okay. breeds like them having a love affair. Surely. No? Okay. I'm seeing <laughs> things, but to me, I it was does. more thinking about all the time he spends in the water, but oh, also, yeah, that too. also Gata. No, Gata's the highlight of this episode. Yeah. I also want to shout out to what Ronald D. Moore is drinking for this episode, which is Glen Roth's whiskey mm. on ice, because you can always hear the ice when he's drinking. I think you and I need to do a scotch episode at some point. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some scotch. It's Australian scotch. Uh, which means it's Australian whiskey, but it's Scotch-style whiskey. Um, I think that counts. I do also want to call out before we start that his wife comes in halfway through the podcast and tells (laughs) him off for smoking. (laughs) Like, I think right in the middle, basically, of him being like, oh, you know, every husband's come home to his angry (laughs) wife when he's too drunk and da-da-da. And then his wife comes in and he's like, She's like, are you smoking in the house? And he's like, yeah, but the kids aren't here and the animals, like he's making excuses. And you're she like, says, like, the kids are going to get cancer. <laughs> and did they plan that? Because if they did, that's great. But I don't think they did. No, I think that's just life. In life in the house? house of Ron. And I don't think that he's like, hey, because we lock the door when we do the podcast. Oh, we didn't lock it today. So anybody could just walk no in No one's here. walking into my room. <laughs> but uh, usually, you know, we create a space for it. But obviously, he's just like, ah, here we are. <laughs> She's just walking in like <laughs> Mrs. Ron. <laughs> I guess once you've created a show like Battlestar Galactica, you don't have to try too hard after Well, that clearly, because to- we've all listened to his podcast. <laughs> and that's <laughs> obviously the case. <laughs> We put slightly more effort into our podcast, and I think it shows. Sometimes we edit out the amount of times that we say, um. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Sometimes I mean, we also edit out like 15 minute chunks where Lisa <laughs> talks about um, Boston legal. <laughs> <laughs> it's valid. <laughs> no, it's so valid. All right. Do you want to get into this? Yes. I guess we have to. Let's fracking just do it. Oh, I mean, boy, we dragged oh boy, that oh intro out as long as we could. <laughs> <laughs> I put off watching, like, I, I usually do a first watch and then I take my notes on the second watch. Mm-hmm. I put it off for so long. Yeah. I didn't want to do it. Yeah. I watch the first episode usually after we record and then I usually watch it like throughout the week and like I watch it and I podcast and all the things. And this time I was like, yeah, I did it today. The second watch. The, the amount of times I make this noise. <gasps> While I'm watching the episode is a lot. (laughs) Well, let's do it. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's start with this fracking quartet. We open this plot line with uh, Apollo leading his good pal, our other favorite character, Chief, to the new bar aboard Battlestar Galactica. So shout out to the new bar. I just wrote, oh, look, a Brooklyn bar. Because that's exactly <laughs> what bars look like in Brooklyn and so also right. Melbourne. It's like you look, you're, you're like, oh, yes, this is a, um, this is a thing uh, for sure. Um, and so that is great. But the rest of the scene can go in the bin. Yeah, no. All we get in this scene is them Being toasting rubbish. to marriage. Why we build bars. Yeah, go frack yourself, you even- two pieces of garbage. You don't deserve the beautiful women that you're with. <laughs> Be grateful. <sighs> Hashtag gratitude. <laughs> Hashtag blessed. I just, the I feel like that scene and these guys and that line, there's not enough in here that's criticizing them. It That scene was like in there 
for dudes to relate to and that I'm not and Ronald D. Moore seemed to have no problem with it and that made me really angry mm-hmm. because I was like I guess he can't like shit on his own TV show when he's talking about his own TV show. He said that he really liked it though. So it's not like he didn't say anything. He said that he thought that it was like a really relatable thing that they'd be bonding because they work together and they're both having trouble in their marriage. And I'm like, yeah, because they both married fracking amazing women. And they get all the screen time to bitch about their women and the women get basically nothing. And they do everything. Kelly's not even in this episode. I will say Tyrell redeems himself a little bit later when he's when he's Apollo's like, oh, have you ever thought about Sharon? He's like, nope. I'm I just, don't know that that's redemption. I think that's slightly. denial. <laughs> okay. I think I that's like, I don't want to talk about my Cylon girlfriend who I probably fantasize about every day. Oh, wow. That's how I read that. No, but he's with Callie. Like, who he loves and respects so much and oh, takes yeah. their marriage super seriously. Oh, yeah. Super serial. Okay. You're right. All right. So I don't even care what happens in this scene. Also, but just do, do they not need... um like space on the ship for people and and planes and things well what did ronald d moore say he said something about um the fact that they realized that they couldn't have it like off ship like fair, last that's time fair. and, and that, that was also now, always a drag of a plot line yeah and that now there were civil enough civilians on battlestar that, that on galactica that they thought that they would need a place like that and i guess it's a little like um like being the cool parent who's like, if you're going to do it, I'd rather you do it in <laughs> under my roof. Like the, if everyone's going to be sneaking off and drinking like moonshine, they might as well make it, bar. make it proper. Well, it's Joe's bar. Yeah. I bet, and I bet Joe doesn't let anyone get like too drunk or. I mean, we don't know. I don't, who knows? I don't know if anybody knows what Joe's ethics are. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they'd have like responsible service of alcohol in space. Although that's an Australian <laughs> reference. You don't have that here in Australia. You know, here you kind of have to get a food handlers if you're working in hospitality. Sort of. In Australia, you need a responsible service of alcohol. And so you actually have to do a course to like teach you to responsibly serve alcohol. Otherwise, you technically can't work in hospitality. Hmm. Um, the bar was originally going to be called the Why Not, which is also the name of a lovely pizza place in Virginia, and I think a Hillary Duff song. Oh, Why not take a crazy chance? Why not do a crazy dance, guys? Lisa's I don't know. Lisa's doing a crazy dance. <laughs> she is. Um, I don't know if you'll know this, but I am actually a massive Hillary Duff fan. And also Mandy Moore. I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but I love both of them. I recently found out that Mandy Moore was a founding Global Shaper, which is a group I'm a part of. And I was like in DC and I was like, oh my God, but can I meet her though? I actually looked her up on our platform, but obviously famous people aren't necessarily on the platform. I'm like, damn it. I would have reached out and been like, hey, Mandy. Hey, girl. Want to shape the globe with me? Want to shape the globe? I'm going to be in D.C. next week. (laughs) I'm actually not going to be in D.C. next week, but I could be. If Mandy wanted you to be, you'd (laughs) be there. If Mandy wanted, I'd I'd get there by hell or high water. I'd be (laughs) hitchhiking all the way down. Um, Mandy or bus. I I do like Amanda Bynes, but not to the level that I love Hillary Duff. Amanda Amanda Bynes has had a roller coaster of... uh, yeah, I, I just don't pay Life. attention to her outside of her movies. And then there was that cute guy who was on both Raise Your Voice and What a Girl Wants that like had his moment and now I have no idea what he does. He was like I the hot guy Lisa's who plays guitar. About, 
voice. Oh, okay. <laughs> Have you haven't seen Raise Your Voice? Uh-uh. Oh my God, we should watch it. It makes you just, they're movies you just cry every time. Raise right. Your Voice, I just cry every We time. sat around and watched Sister Act 2 together before Buffy Proms. So. We did. Oh, sorry we didn't release an episode last week. We literally killed ourselves on Buffy Proms. We were like, we're only going to have one drink. We get a drink ticket. That's all we need. But some people gave us more drink tickets. What I blame the drink fairies. They were drink fairies. Uh, we also just ended up at the Saturday Night Live after party. You know, which life with Lisa. Whatevs. By the way, doesn't start till 3 a.m. So <laughs> guess who got home at 7? <laughs> um, needless to say, I don't go out like that anymore. And I was dead on Sunday. I had to order a burrito in and I was sleep- like laying with it on my stomach. I'm, <laughs> I'm playing this out for Kaylee right now. And I'd have like two bites and then I'd be like, I'm going to be sick. <laughs> Just lay there for another couple of minutes. I'm like, you can do this. You can do this. Binge drinking is bad. Yeah. I, also, went, I went to the official Buffy brunch. I slept through it. And I was uh, in rough shape. I completely slept through it. It was also daylight savings. So... We, we lost an hour. We on lost top of an hour all of on top of all of that. And um, uh, yeah, I remembered why I don't go out like that. Um, and also the whole like um, sleep. Okay. <laughs> there is a word for when you go out late and then it messes up your sleep for the rest of the week. Okay. And I got that for sure this week. I even slept in one day and I never sleep in. Were you jet lagged? Is that the word jet you're looking Jet lag is for? the word I was looking for. Okay. And fine. So there's a thing Jet lagged without a jet. There's a thing called social jet lag. It's real. Oh. I know that because I did a month of a month, a semester of sleep and circadian rhythms at university, which is actually one of the most interesting subjects I took. And you can get a thing called social jet lag, which is like if you go out late on the weekends and then try and get back to your normal schedule, it's terrible. So taking that class didn't prevent you from getting social jet lag, but it does give you the name now. for it. Yeah. <laughs> so when people are like, why are you sleeping in today? I'm like social jet lag <laughs> you would so understand I've, i've got a condition <laughs> anyway continue anyway. anyway all right so apollo also doing the binge drinking how do you like that segue terrible uh rolls I mean, not up the segue apollo thank apollo you. thank you thanks uh rolls up back into uh handy's quarters and uh she's still up just working can like I a say- boss bitch with a glass of wine that her with all the papers spread out with a glass of wine. I don't know why, but that's so hot. Oh yeah. If I came home to that, I'd be like, I wouldn't be out. Like what I would are you doing. It would take everything not to just throw, throw all every, those papers yeah. on the floor. And take her on the yeah, right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come yeah. on. It's that's hot as shit. I was like, I don't know why it's hot, but it's really hot. I didn't take notes about this whiny baby man. I just wrote, I can't even with this mess. Yeah, I think I frack you as my notes. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Not the happiest of marriages there. Um, so we know some time has passed because Starbucks hands are all healed. Oh, yeah, they are. Wouldn't I know, forgot about that. Wouldn't know they were ever burned up. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> she's got this scene with Sam. Which uh, they're having their problems too. Da da da. They they obviously just fracked. Uh, and he's he has this line that's like, so I was just thinking about your destiny, um, Kara Thrace <laughs> and her special destiny, <laughs> i.e. the best the cover, band, cover name. band No, best cover band name ever. So there is um, there's one piece of art on the internet of a like a 
a band logo with like tour dates of Kareth Race and her special destiny. And I will post it to our social media. But did they slightly start an edited. actual band? Because we could. We could. Mm. Ooh. Because if they just created the art, it's not enough. We killed it at karaoke after Buffy prom in between that and the <laughs> SNL after party. It was a really big night. <laughs> I had a friend from out of town. I think we're ready, We didn't though. meet up with him until midnight. All we already enough. live like rock stars. Why not be rock stars? Exactly. You know? And you know we did Bohemian Rhapsody. Hell yeah. Yeah. There's video in case we forgot, and I did forget. <laughs> <laughs> uh i just i didn't understand this dialogue or this logic he's like so i was just thinking about how you have a destiny and all this stuff happens so so do you love lee because you should go to lee like that's the whole arc of his like monologue and i don't understand it doesn't flow and it doesn't make any sense and this episode feels really forced to me yeah i don't i think he's like cool i want to be part of your destiny but like do you know what you want and like if you don't want to be with me then i don't want to be with you and you should be with lee but like i don't know he's just and is being cool about not necessarily being the man in her life but also you're right it doesn't make any sense it seems very forced there's a lot of um language i feel like in this episode that feels like it's not language that those characters should be using and sam talking about Starbucks destiny feels like one of those moments like that's her storyline that's her thing I feel like she probably hasn't really talked that much about it with you like mm. I don't know it just yeah it, it felt that scene felt really off to me maybe he'll always been talking to him about it although um, we don't really know what Anders is doing and I think that what Ronald D. Moore said on the podcast is that essentially they don't really know what Anders is doing and he kind of exists just for Kara, which I kind of love because that's usually what women do. True. Like Kelly. True. And so it's like, they're like, we could have spent time building out like his career and what he's doing, but we just ultimately felt like he was a good plot device for Starbuck. And I was like, all right, well, that's a quality. Yep. I do still, I love when he's around. I love when he's on screen. I think he's great. Um, yeah. And the other thing in the podcast that Ronald Timor was talking about is that he is not just a pretty boy and he likes that. Like he has like depth and thoughts. Which oh, is always yeah. nice. Also shit that and people say about women. Like, oh, she's not just a pretty face. No, exactly. Yeah. Equality, yeah. guys. Equality in action. <sighs> I do like their, that they're playing out this emotional scene. And then, like, they open the curtain. And there's all of these people, like, right there. And for some reason, that little bunk, like, room looks way more cramped than it usually does. Like, the tables in there are, are bigger. Or they weren't there mm. before or something. Like, it's... I, I did like that little moment of like, you can't ever have privacy on this ship. Everybody knows your business. Yep. Everybody just listen to you frack and fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I would like to be in the room for that. Yeah. A little fly on the wall there. Wouldn't suck. Um, so Apollo and D, meanwhile, are just having like the soapiest scene and he's just doubling down on like, well, this is just your fracking insecurities. I can't even <sighs> with this. <sighs> I have so many capital letters that's like, <laughs> what the frack is this gaslighting bullshit? And that word gets overused so much. But in this instance, it is completely appropriate. Seriously. Because he is just like, you don't trust me. And I'm like, yeah, you're cheating on her. Yeah. <laughs> it's completely fair. 
And like everyone knows it's not like you're good at keeping it a secret. Nope. She's fully actively spoken about it with Starbuck uh-huh. already. Exactly. Oh and God. so it makes me so angry. And I'm like, you do not deserve her. This is not okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did think that her acting in this scene is really good. Like as good as it could be given the circumstances, given the circumstances of what they're putting these actors through. Yeah. That's um, terrible. Well, apparently according to the podcast, sorry, I have the podcast notes on another page. So every time I, I have something for the podcast, I dramatically turn the page. I, you can hear it in the background. You I can. think it's, it's, it's nice. It's authentic. Authentic. I don't know. Sure. Is that, Edward James almost were going for like more close up and emotional scenes. Okay, so he was trying to get the actors to tap into. We're gonna that. see, I think, even more of this as we get into uh, the Gaius storyline. But I just feel like, okay, I love Edward James almost. I love him so much. What a delightful man! Great actor. Every it was recently his birthday. Oh yeah, was that him? Yeah, that was recent. Yeah, happy I birthday, remember buddy. looking up spunky yeah. photos. Mm. Every. It, it seemed like, according to the podcast we both listened to, that it was his choice as the director to really amp up the emotion of this episode. And just every acting choice feels really like acting 101 to me. Like, just make the biggest choice you can and come <laughs> at it with the most emotion possible. And if you're sad, be the saddest. And if you're mad, be the maddest. Wow, like, I wish I got that on video. Uh, just then. It's just, it's also over the top. And it's so much that you start tuning out because that's how we watch things. If we're watching someone go through like really extreme emotion, we like... We can't be in it with them, and it feels uncomfortable. Well, I mean, if you're Kaylee watching someone, uh, we're, we're very emotionally unavailable people. I uh, should. That's <laughs> a bit true. Um, uh, I mean, me maybe, least. maybe uh-huh. you guys are along for the ride, but people like us, we're like, oh god, oh no, oh, stop, oh, stop, stop what with all of those feelings. feelings. Put those away right now. <laughs> but it is, I think. In almost every movie, TV show, almost? play, anything huh? um, <laughs> I've ever seen. Thank you for acknowledging what's, me. <laughs> what's moving is when characters are really fighting hard to hold back emotion. That yes. is always what gets you. And <laughs> that is us. not what anybody's, no one's holding back in this episode. <laughs> nope. Can I have one of those beers? Oh, yeah. You hey, thanks. The first one? Real love. Can Great. I have a glass too? I want my beers piece to be a Here, look. Cup. Let's do a... <laughs> <laughs> Let's pour the beer right over all of the no, equipment. that's okay. That was water. Um, I said, let's... Let's do a joint effort because we're both holding our mics still because we're still on our bed. Um, that was nice. On our bed yep. studio. I think, yeah. Where we're going to have Katie Sack off one day. Definitely. We didn't even pour very much beer. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> all right. Where do we leave Guys, off? Guys, doesn't it feel like you're um, here with us? We just want y'all in bed with us. All, all y'all. Aww. Yeah. So uh, they meet up. Lee and Starbuck meet up. And they have another scene that feels really forced to me where it's like, oh, now they've like switched moral compasses. And Starbuck's the one that's like, if I leave Sam, will you leave D? And now Paolo's like, these are our fracking marriages, Kara. <laughs> we can't just toss them away like they're nothing. Like why? Just... It's 
I don't, everything about the writing in this doesn't feel natural. No, that's because um, it was a comedy episode. <laughs> it was. And I might have preferred that. Uh, wow. I don't know. I mean, there is a good, I do like the line. Uh, she's like, think about it, Lee. It's what you're best at. That was, yeah. that was a nice dig. Yeah. I actually, I think what he said in the podcast is that the last one that um, Edward James almost directed was also supposed to be a comedy episode and then wasn't. Oh, I think Timey Up, Timey Down is very silly. But it's not as silly as he wanted it. Perhaps. Yeah. But also, does Battlestar Galactica need a full-on comedy no, episode? But I think the idea was like that the network wanted it. So I did listen to um, Battlestar Galacticast, which is toying with the idea of becoming non-spoilery. Ooh. But right now they're doing this thing where they're like, so like they're in season one and they'll be like, oh, well, Deanna, well, Deanna happens later. Deanna's a Cylon. I mean... No spoilers. Like, <laughs> that's it. basically what they're at now. So I feel like if they start getting better at You'll holding back, I will tell you when you can, you can listen. Great. Uh, but can they you just had... add Trisha Helfer and be like, hey. Hey, friendo. Here for a friend. Also be on Just Apple. make a decision. Be full of spoilers or have no spoilers, but don't do the weird in between thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there were some podcasts that have done it well where they do spoilers at the end. Hmm. So they'll like have the whole conversation that and then at the sense. end they'll leave like a break and then after the break they'll say, Okay, here are the spoilers. I don't things think we to Battlestar say. Galacticast is that organized. No, I think they they're very much like Ronald Z. Moore's podcast. And also just get drunk. a bit like ours. Yeah, great. <laughs> so I think that No, but I, I wanted to talk about because they had Edward James almost on as a guest Aww. for, for for Timey Up, Timey Down. And uh -huh. he talked about the way he directed it and why it is such a campy episode because the network was specifically asking for a comedy, much like it sounds like they were this episode. And then did they not were really one. disappointed. Yeah. Because they were like, okay, yeah, sure, comedy, comedy, comedy. And it's like, all right, we're going to have some guy committing suicide with a rope. We're going to have some kids standing around him in a creepy bathtub. Definitely and like a stabbing, like him. a neck stabbing. Yeah, definitely a neck stabbing with a pen. This is comedy, right? Is this comedy? Are we doing all right? <laughs> They've been sad in space too long. They don't know what <laughs> comedy is anymore. Um, I will say it was a little harder to shit on that timey up, timey down episode while he was actively discussing the choices he made directing it because it's like considering what they wanted from him in that first directing debut. I actually think he did an all right job. Um, hmm. This double IPA is very sweet. Hmm. Hmm. Well, these are very sweet sweetly titled beers you got for us they so. are this is a very sweet ipa it's a double ipa it's very sweet i we had a second because it's a double but it feels like it tastes less strong than the single interesting um, yes i feel like it's like um oh i think i did this last time when we did timey up timey down all those many moons ago did you listen to that episode i recently? did yeah did i talk about an episode of um twin peaks that was directed by like someone famous I think so yeah yeah and you also couldn't remember it then. i couldn't remember and it you then can't remember it now. and i can't remember it now all of this has happened before and <laughs> again <laughs> but that was also a terrible episode and for those of you that have listened to m this podcast for a while may or may not remember as i obviously don't yeah. and producer tom's not here to look it up for us Text him right now. <laughs> what time is it in Australia? Like 5 a.m. No, it's not. It's not that bad. What time is it in Melbourne? It is... It is 10 a.m. He's probably working. He um he has bleach blonde hair now. 
Oh, which actually looks good amazing on him. All yeah. right. Anyway, I think we need to get an intern. <laughs> she Why? says with air quotes. I don't just to have somebody to fetch things for us and look <laughs> stuff up. You know, I and they could sit just right in the corner over there by the closet. You know, I launched my career as an advocate for uh, unpaid work and internships. <laughs> as in, don't do that. <laughs> but but hey. we're so much fun. <laughs> We're not really getting paid either. Just a little bit. <laughs> okay, that's actually fair, but I wouldn't call them an intern, but let, we could find someone just to be here. Yeah. Yeah, sure. All right, let's think, we'll, we'll think let's about think it. On that. If you're in New York and you want to no come hang out with us and Google things for us People when we New get confused. People in New York have better shit to do than listen to our podcast. Fucking fair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, this is... An emotionally over-the-top episode, and we are emotionally over-the-top hosts. Mm-hmm. Um, so the uh, the white boys are back at Joe's for another round. Okay, and so this is the scene where, apparently, the guy in the wheelchair... Oh, yeah! ...was a visitor to the show, and the whole... He was a big fan, and the whole cast and crew were like you should be in this scene. And so they gave him a t-shirt and they put him in the scene. And I think that's beautiful. I freaking love it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he gets like a good, like, like I a one him. second yeah, shot. Yeah. But like our, our brains process images so fast these days. Like yeah. he's on screen for a noticeable amount of time. I think that's amazing. Yeah. Shout out to that guy. Sh- and shout out to like the cast and crew who were like, no, get in here. Yeah. I love that's that. That's rad. I love it. Uh, it's too late for us. <laughs> Unfortunately. But we can still be on Battlestar Galactic cast if we play our cards right. Ooh, Who's friends with Crossover podcast episode. <laughs> oh, let's reach out to them. Let's. We'll be like, I have my people contact your people. Lol jokes. I, I am my, my people. people. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We've been podcasting together too long. All right. Oh, let's dear, keep going. Yeah. Uh, so they just we got another scene with them bitching about their wives. I feel like we already fracking did this. Yes, um, it was enough the first time. Yeah, so we have this moment where Apollo asks if he ever thinks about Sharon, and I I really think that was the the chief doth protest too much. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. I actually just have my line here is frack Apollo this whole episode, frack you. Yup. That's about. And then up. he's like holding his wedding ring and spinning it around, lest we have any confusion why he's having mm-hmm. feelings at the bar. Yep. Uh, he gets wasted and loses his ring in the hallway. Oh my god! Do you think that that's a metaphor or a symbol for something? It, can you even call it that? Isn't <laughs> I don't think that even is venturing into symbolic territory i think that's just actual but i think that that's what they think it is <laughs> they're like oh wouldn't it be symbolic if he lost his ring and also like, it just like how fracking no, stupid do you think we are no character in anything ever has been as pathetic as lee looking for his wedding ring pretty bad p- even people in the hallway just looking at him and being like you're it's a loser. so it's so unnecessarily over the top mm-hmm. yeah. i think we could yeah, that's like the title of this episode, <laughs> basically. And then we're going to talk about Gaius. So like this all isn't happening back to back to back. But he ends up back back at Joe's with D, and he is like, she looks just fucking stunning. Yeah. Uh, and she he's giving is her this. Too good for him. This whole speech is like, you're, Ooh, you're good for me. You're good I need you. for me. And I was like, 
I'm sorry, bitch. What can you do for her? Exactly what my notes say. Also, it's a very weird intercut, which I'm going to see, even though it's not part of what we're looking at. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of weird intercuts. And it's very weird with this guy, guy, uh, 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 Gaius and Gator thing. <laughs> Gaius and Gator or Galix. 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 Oh, my God. That's good on Galix so many great. levels. Galix. Galix. Hey. Gay Licks. That is their couple name. And there are so many reasons why that's great. And so Gay Licks, our couple, I think that's why they're intercutting because it's they're both lovers. I said, is it because they're both lovers maybe? Question mark. That's my notes. So yes, uh, that's my theory. You're so that's all intercut with uh, where we are in the... Yeah, so like D and Apollo are talking and Starbuck and Anders are talking and then Gator and Gaius a.k.a. Gaelic, are talking. What else could you assume from that? Is that they're also lovers. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. okay. I mean, and there's that okay. moment where, I mean, we'll talk about it, but, like, Gaius whispers a whole thing in his ear, like, it's obviously, like, do you remember all those times we fucked? Do you remember? Yeah, I know you. I got your number. Continue. Somehow this, like, train wreck of an apology works. Oh, my God, it's so bad. It. I mean, her acting's great. Her acting's great. She's a great actress. And honestly, like, I think Jamie Bamber's a good actor. He just happens to be playing a complete douchebag. Mm-hmm. I hate this speech Yep, more than most anything that's ever going to happen or has happened on this show. Mm-hmm. You're good for me. Yeah. Frack you. Yeah. Frack you, Apollo. Everything he says is all about how she's good for him. Yeah. Meanwhile, all right, You know, right, let's just be done with them. Meanwhile, Sam and Starbuck roll in looking hot as hell. Mm-hmm. And they're doing this like, twinning thing that happens with lesbian couples a lot where they kind of are dressing the same and are, are verging on having the same hair yes and they're also drinking whiskey they're also drinking whiskey by the show which is really hot and actually like makes me just desperately want one and uh maybe that's what we need for this episode maybe we need some whiskey i've got some whiskey i'm closer than you are i could yeah but i need I to get us glasses it. fair we'll see we'll see if we finish the beer we'll reach doing. for the whiskey okay. <laughs> And yes, I keep whiskey in my bedroom. Don't at me. I keep whiskey in my bedroom. Great. I don't want my roommates after that shit. It's a share house thing, I think. Yeah. Also, I mean. But also. To be fair, my old place in Australia, I kept the whiskey in the public space. But my roommate would never touch it because he doesn't understand whiskey. So he would only drink with my like permission. Like he doesn't know what to do with one. it? He just doesn't really. Like, do he'll I drink it socially with What do me, I do? But he doesn't know about what's good and bad. So I would just give him, I had always had like a cheaper bottle of whiskey that I would share with people who don't drink whiskey. And then I would drink the stuff that was like really nice with people who really enjoyed it. Nice. The whiskey that we have there now is a very expensive bottle of whiskey, but Ooh. I'll share it with you. It's from Western Australia. You're just the best. Aw. Y'all, she bought these beers. She made me curry. I did. She In a slow me. cooker. I've been exploring the slow cooker lately. If I you have any tips easy recipes i don't really do recipes is why i'm not a recipe girl so far i've made stew and i tried risotto on the weekend and it was a disaster yeah it's just very mushy it's terrible i would stick with making risotto in real time yeah Mm -hmm. um and then i just made the curry which is fine except the potatoes weren't quite cooked yet and i was in there for like five hours so yeah slow cooker be slow yeah (laughs) who would have (laughs) thought also i didn't realize how much i like try things as i cook them Mm-hmm. So I just like probably overspiced as I usually do because Indian food, that's how you cook it. You just keep throwing in more spices. Yeah. Forever. Ain't nothing wrong with that. It's good. Anyway, let's just give me a slow cooker tips. That's all I'm asking. Yes. 
Battlestar Ga- Nope, nope. I was trying to come up with something. I was wondering what you were going to find in there. Battlestar Galactica. That's quite bad. That's really terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I thought if I started saying it, that something would come out, but hey, evidently not. Hey, in Australia, does quite mean a lot or like a little? I have no idea. Isn't that a context thing? Because I think you say quite a lot or quite a bit would be Wait, a lot. Is it an emphasis? Okay. It's just, I work in a restaurant and I waited on British people once and I was like, oh, our desserts are quite good. And they were like, very good. Oh, only quite good. Like, and somebody else from England uh, said like, oh, I'd like it quite rare. And I was like, okay, very so like rare. really rare. And, and the guy was like, no, I mean, just like a little bit rare. No, that's British people being whack. I feel like quite, I mean, quite, quite is a quite lot in Australia both of those circumstances. Means is the same as here. Well, I mean, I don't know. I'm maybe, I can't speak for my whole country. <laughs> but it, I mean, you share, Although I you will share denounce. language with them. You share Australian so English with them. Australian English and British English are not the same. I know. That's why I was asking. But okay. you share some things. Some things. So I was just curious. Because I think it's a really interesting linguistic difference. It is. Um, Speaking on behalf of Australia, I would like to aggressively denounce the act of terrorism that happened this week because I was sad all day. And I, of course, being a terrorism nerd as I am, did not watch the video because that's no. sick as fuck and I don't know why you would. But I did read uh, at least half of the manifesto before I had to do other things. And it's just fucking terrible. And I'm super sorry. It's really heartbreaking. Um, I do... I do think the U.S. could learn a lot from the New Zealand government and how they're responding. Jacinda Arden, that is how you combat terrorism. Like the amount of love that she's shown. And it's it's the combination of like love and warmth towards the Muslim community and also immediate legal action Mm -hmm. that I I think is happening there. Yeah. uh, That we have never even attempted. Yeah. No, she is such a... Like, I mean, obviously, New Zealand is a very small country and like having a leader like her sort of like it, it makes logical sense that they would be one of the first countries to have someone like that. But she's just such an amazing example again and again for the world of like how leadership can be. So shout outs to Jacinda and our uh, mates and, and all of our love to the Muslim New Zealand community. and to the Muslim yeah. community. That's freaking awful. And the fact that an Australian senator came out and blame the muslim community for this is fracking terrible I didn't hear about that oh yeah yeah uh i posted about it on twitter his name is senator fraser anning and he basically released a statement that said it was the fault of the muslims that this had happened which is devastating there's a massive petition on change.org to remove him from parliament um, which uh, I signed. I never signed online petitions, <laughs> but I was like, absolutely fracking not. So yeah, also just like, um, this has always been an area that I've like studied and researched and um, it increasingly feels like this kind of, uh, 3%, apparently only 3% of terrorism research is focused on right-wing extremism, which is crazy given how much of That's terrorism insane. it takes up. I had no idea, I think because... Um, I've always known a lot of academics in the field. And so I just assumed that it was kind of like, cause I've always been interested in that area. Um, I assumed that there was like quite a lot on that and evidently not. So yeah. Interesting. Watch this space. I might do some things. I think that you should. I think mm. it, it sounds clear that the world needs more people 
shining a light on what's happening there. Absolutely. Anyway, sorry for that little sad segue. This is supposed to be a comedy episode. In it though? Yeah. I mean, I just trying to keep it light and fun filled as we we chose. All right. Well, you know what? Let's get into the light and fun filled episode uh, plot line about Gaius's torture. Yes. And 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 Galix and and Galix. Mm -hmm. The highlight of the ep. Yeah. So the the Gaius story is what actually opens the whole episode. We open with this lullaby. Yes. Which is, really I think, dark. Gaius and Six singing, which is pretty funny because uh, Trisha Helfer on her podcast just admitted that she absolutely hates singing in front of people, fucking hates karaoke. Oh, wow. And I was thinking about what an ordeal that might have it's been It's like for when her. they made Alison Hannigan do it in Once More with Feeling. They mentioned Boom, that. Boom, Buffy. They, they mentioned that on Battlestar Galacticast and it made me feel so vindicated. You were like, yes, Buffy and Battlestar Galactica go together. How dare you, the haters? How dare you? <laughs> I don't think anyone's hating. No. Well, I don't know. I feel like I feel like if Melly is listening to our episodes now, she'll be like, God damn it, she got so much Buffy in there. Because I feel like I had a limit last time, but then when you came on board it was I know. Like, I think we limit said finish. that in the first episode. It's like we met in a Buffy fan group. So sorry, Melia. there's no stopping it. Hashtag now. sorry, Melia. Um so anyway, but I feel like that's uh yeah. Yeah. So we have this guard who's watching Gaius who somehow knows instantly the second that, that Gaius fall falls asleep, asleep. But not when he's but hanging himself. Exactly. I also am fascinated by how the six thing works because you, there's this really sexy scene that goes like all the way down her body. I'm like, yes, thank you. And then and she, she hikes up hikes her skirt, up skirt a bit and kicks, kicks up her heel. And I'm like, hold on, hold on. How does six work? We It's this thing where it's like creative license, creative license, where it's like, how did he possibly... Wait a minute. I, no, but you can kick your chair out from under you. Okay. He, he did all things that he could have done on his own. Yeah, I that think. was the one thing where I was like, could he though? I don't know. Anyway, certainly not from the angle that she does it. No, but he, but also that he was could, really, he I, could have. I don't mind because we did a whole down the body shot and she hiked up her skirt. So I'm good. Yeah. I, I really enjoy six when she's like extra sexy and extra evil. And that's mm. what we get here, mm-hmm. I suppose. And then, um, yeah, this is when I'm like, it makes no sense that Six would be there when he wakes up. Oh, this is yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. fake. But meanwhile, uh, Gita just, he's restless, can't sleep. Uh-huh. Tossing and turning and thinking about his, his ex-lovers aboard. Yes. Tossing. So <laughs> the first time I watched this, when I saw, and I think I texted you this, when I saw the other guy giving mouth to mouth. All you Gaius, texted me was about Gator and Gaius. Yes. I was like, this is a missed opportunity for Gator to be kissing Gaius. Mm-hmm. Although now as the episode continues and he stabs him in the neck, it makes a lot of sense that he wouldn't have revived him. But I was just like waiting for that. Or kiss. his feelings could be really complicated and nuanced. And he could yes. have revived him just to stab him. You don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Look, it's just. It's just a terrible and sad love story. <sighs> Gaelix. So tragic. <laughs> the Romeo and Juliet of Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. Truly. <laughs> truly is. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he's trying to get into the room uh, while Gaius seemingly is being resurrected. Yes. Which I had. Did Lisa believe it? Question mark, question mark, question mark. She did not. She did not. No. And I think I said that last episode. I was like, doesn't seem real. 
Yes. Especially because there's three identically clad sixes there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also sixes wouldn't be there with the final five. Continue. Interesting. Interesting. Maybe. I mean, maybe they would, but it's unlikely. It There's a seamless transition from head six to the six who is greeting him yes, in the true. tub. And that seems like it wouldn't be true. Yes. Um, but he is giddy as heck for a second. He's just like, oh, I'm in a bathtub surrounded by my pretty ladies. Wee! Yes. That's, he's got quite the imagination, our Gaius Boltar. Uh, he's also been a guest on Battlestar Galacticast. Of course he has. He's a helper. I just, okay, like I love this show, but I haven't spent oodles of time looking at interviews with the cast. What a sweet, soft-spoken, like really dry sense of humor kind of dude he is in real life. James Callis, open invite. For you on our bed. The bed has so much room. The bed has so much room for you and your BDE. <laughs> yeah, very like charming in all the ways that Gaius is not. Mm-hmm. I I R L. Anywho, and he's he's really thrilled that he didn't betray uh, the entire human race because he's not a human for one second. Yeah, yeah. it must feel good. Must must feel nice and just oh man. Every moment we get lifting up Gaius's ego, like, I always knew I was special. Do you think he's like the Rachel Dozel of the Battlestar Galactica universe? I just, that just occurred to me. I'm a Cylon in my heart. (laughs) (laughs) It's an identity, (laughs) not a race. Oh, frack. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, so these sixes are stroking him. Mm-hmm. And then one of them, oh, she scratches him with her nails. And he says, oh, a bit too rough. <laughs> We've all and been there. then uh, the other six starts like scratching his neck and it gets very violent. And um, sometimes th- it happens like that. You've got to have a safe word. You do. Mm. Yeah. you got to negotiate that shit ahead of time. You can't just be like scratching people till they bleed out of nowhere. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he gets revived before anything crazy happens but in the tank. But not by his lover. Nope. I Maybe they did that just to torture us as guys is about to be tortured. Yes. Mm-hmm. Feels like torture to me. So there's this meeting in Adama's quarters with like Roslyn and Doc Cottle and Ty is there to be snarky. Um, That's what he's always there for. That's <laughs> what he's there for. Uh, so they've been doing this like sleep deprivation torture thing and Gaius is also not eating so he's like sleep deprived and starving and you know just the way we like our uh traders uh rosalind seems to be like supervising this in a way that feels weird for the president of the like whatever the colonies are now yeah like just look it's all weird it's all weird Mm. i don't i don't know um but she she instructs Doc Cottle to like make sure he eats. Uh, yeah, yeah. To force feed him, and then she's like, "Hey, hey, Gata, what were you doing? What were you doing trying to slip into that cell in the middle of the night?" Yeah. Hey. Hey. She's on to them. Yeah, she is. He's <laughs> like, "What does it mean to you if I want to go see my lover?" Right. 
We will read this subtext as gay and you cannot stop us. No. And even if it's not, I expect there's fan fiction. There's got to be fan fiction if this isn't real. But someone... Okay. So someone... We didn't do listener feedback and we will do it now at the end. But someone... We will do it now at the end? No, no, no. We will now do it at the end when we usually do it Okay. at the beginning. Got it. And (laughs) I believe... That it was one of our listeners. I think it was listener Lisa. It was. Who said something she about. She sent the loveliest message. She said a very. She has been out of contact, but she is back with a vengeance. Mm-hmm. And I believe, and it's not in the notes that I saved, but I feel like she said something about she was, New okay. Caprica. Yes. So there are webisodes yes. that were released mid-season season four yes so i can't watch them yet but and then they she was contain like, new caprica flashbacks and all she mentioned was we may or may not find out something about gator's sex life okay and so i say to that if gator is with a man then my beliefs are confirmed if Gator is with a woman, then Gator's bisexual. You will not take me away from the fact that Gator <laughs> likes men. I'm a bisexual lady. I will see bisexuality everywhere. No bisexual erasure. Uh, yeah, stop erasing me. Okay, no um, one's doing also, that. Also, the webisodes were uh, co-written by Jane Espenson, so that's something to look <laughs> forward to. Even better. Mm-hmm. My point is, is that it doesn't matter if I have every piece of evidence that Gator has dated women. He's still into men, guys. He's still into men in He's my still head canon. Into Gaius just like Baltar. Just like President Roslin has suits from Ellen. I make my own head canon. And that's it. Okay. okay. We can move on. Okay. So where the frack are we? I just scrolled to the bottom of my notes to find that info about the uh, the webisodes which have there's a whole Pages. thing about the webisodes and the writer's strike that we're going to get into in season four. Wow. Okay. Oh boy. There it's going to be a time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think what we're up to is I think did we go to the point where Roslyn is talking to Balta? That's where we're at. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, okay. Can I say two things about this scene before we start? You can. I feel like they're going to be the same as what I want to say. I'm going to let you say it. Okay. So firstly, I love that Roslyn uses a lighter to get his attention when he stares off into space. Did you notice that? He I like did not. he's talking to Head Six and she just lights a lighter in front of him and is like, Look at look. <laughs> and I was like, Wow, she learned how to shiny <laughs> fire. Exactly. <laughs> um and the second is that Ty is just like standing in the background with his hands behind his back and looks very menacing. Oh, okay. What were you gonna say? I I th- I was like, Oh, Look at this amazing callback to oh no that's over the head too early this season where oh she, look she's hitting him his glasses and it's such a treat it's such a treat for people who are invested in this I, show it's such a nod and then they're like hey do you remember here's a flashback that is I also in my notes <laughs> it uh, made me so mad your fans are smart your fans are smart your fans remember things your fans are obsessive it's I sci-fi of course they're completely obsessive. agree and that's also in my notes of this thing being like. That's beautiful. Oh, okay. Yeah. You, you ruined just fucking, it. I was like, thank you for this gift. No, hit you over the head with it. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. God damn so it. I'm glad I left that to you because I definitely completely had that in my notes. But um, 
It infuri- that that it made editing me choice too. infuriated me. Stop with the flashbacks, Battlestar. It's enough. We, we know. We know. We're smart. You, we you know your it. fans are obsessive now. They listen to Ronald D. Moore drinking whiskey and talking about his podcast. This was week. still the era when you couldn't just watch a thing online as many times as you wanted to. Like you still did, just tune in and watch it when it aired. But just God, that's on. awful. Come on. I, there was probably DVR at that point, but I did not have it. I do. Um, you do now. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> it's 2019. Did I have a DVD player? <laughs> I'm retro, y'all. Uh, you know who's not looking frumpy anymore? President Rosalind. Yeah. Looking sharp all she, in black. She certainly is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she confronts Gaius about... Um, the people in his jails and he's like Cylon jails. And she goes, that's an academic distinction at this point, uh-huh. which is the line I really loved. Yes. I uh, also I am having trouble cause I'm not that far into my, uh, I'm rewatching the old episodes along with listening to both of the podcasts right now. When did Rosalind first admit that she remembered seeing Gaius with six on Caprica? Was that in the middle of all of her cancer nonsense? She saw them, but I don't think she told anyone. Okay. I don't even know if she's still told anyone. Well, she tells guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think... I think that she says something to him during the election that's like... I remember this being a plot point of like, all of a sudden, because of cancer, I remember this happening. She had some weird trips. She remembered... Oh, uh, it was when she was going to die. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then got saved by Hero's blood. You're fucking welcome. <laughs> now go pretend she's fracking dead. That's <sighs> a great reward for saving your fracking life. But it was... Uh, she's not perfect. No. But um, it was that episode where she remembered. But I don't know. I think she might have mentioned to him before she rigged the election. I think that she took him into a room and was like, da-da-da-da-da, this is what happened. Yeah. But then I don't think... Yeah, this might be the second time. Okay. Well, maybe she never said it before. I actually feel like I remember a time when I was talking about it being like, why isn't she using that? So maybe she has only said it to him now. Okay. I'm it does sure seem like one of those things. going to tell us. Probably. Okay. At length. Could you please? Sorry, we set, we make that sound like it's bad. That's a really good thing. No, Could we you please love, tell us at length? We love feedback and we're very forgetful. You guys know Sometimes way more about this series than we do. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you listen to us talk and we're grateful for that. Yeah. And sing sometimes, which I know Steve particularly loves. Yes. Yes. Shout out to Supersonic. More songs for Supersonic Steve. It's exactly for you. <laughs> so Mary McDonald, I feel like at the beginning of the scene... I'm fracking loving her performance. Like I do actually love when she amps it up and she's throwing the photos at him and she's like, do you recognize any of these faces? Did you ever make it out of your fucking plane? Da da da. And then it just becomes way too much again. Um, It's the emotion, all the emotion. And it just, it's so clear that I think to me, it reads as being really clear that she's bluffing because it's that thing where you're trying to be like, so tough. So someone will be afraid of you and know that you're serious. Yeah. And I think if she really was going to throw him out in her luck, she'd be real quiet about it. Mm, yeah. Real quiet. She totally would. Yeah. It's a lot. That was, um, but that at was the beginning, like I had chills. I thought her performance was like incredible at mm. first. And then it just, be- it becomes like so over the top and in your face that you can't and even Mary enjoy McDonald, it anymore. That's not your fault. 
because from and what it, Ronald D. Yeah. Moore told us, that was Edward James almost, aka Eddie, who was saying. I've had I've worked with directors who were like, "I'm sorry, you need to make this choice." Do you have a theater degree? Oh, did I never mention it? No, never. I've I've worked with directors who are like, "You need to make this choice." This is the choice that you're making. And if I, if it doesn't feel natural, you're like, it doesn't, it's not going to read as believable. Mm. And I've delivered those lines and they've been not believable. Yeah. Yep. But that's okay. Cause it's theater. Is I feel it, like theater is, is less. It depends. I guess my theater is musical theater. And I mean, it's kind of believable, but it's always a bit more over the top than television. Fair. But I think what you works can in still... a television, what works in a theater doesn't always work on the TV. That's very true. Mm. Yes. That was my point. I wasn't throwing shade on theater. Okay. I was throwing. You're like, I mean, facts. all theaters unbelievable. So what does it matter? <laughs> what is it? People just pretending to be things. What is this media? Fourth wall. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> <laughs> I love the theater. Actually, I have not been able to afford to go to a show since I moved here. That's the thing about living in New York. It is so, so sad. expensive to live here that you can't enjoy being here. I actually really want to go see Choir Boy, which is by the same people who did Moonlight. And there are $30 tickets. And I think I should just buy one, even though I can't afford it. Do it. Yeah, let's do it together. Yeah, let's With do it together. With money we don't have. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, so they they drag they drag Balthar through the the hallway with all the pictures and That's it's so dramatic it and they bring him to the airlock in a scene that we don't really see and think fragging god because i couldn't handle any more of that uh He's and like, we find out me. like he didn't reveal anything with people screaming in his face and throwing him around the ship shocking nope. shocking uh and then adama's like hey you know what we have veritaserum <laughs> that's just for you Oh, it is Ferritaserum. <laughs> That's so right. Like, just how convenient. Of course We've had they this do. drug on this ship the whole time. We definitely didn't use it on like Leo when we were torturing him. does not work like this at all. No, it's not. But, but they it's don't know still... how it's going to work on Cylons. Also that... I mean... It just seems like... I do like the Ecola Ferritaserum. It's very plot devicey. Oh yeah, for sure. It's like, of course we have this drug that like works exactly the same on every person and makes them freak out to the point where they're going to tell us the and truth. And also like, it's clearly a drug that the military has used enough that Adama has either used it on people himself or has been trained in how to use it. So Ronald Moore said that on his podcast. He was like, there was this whole story about how Adama had used it before, but he's like, oh, but then uh, inevitably we didn't have the time. And then you just kind of think that people would assume that by his ability to use it. But also, can we just call out that he sounds like God? He does sound like God. <laughs> In also, Gaius's, if God was Edward James almost, I'd be chill with that. I would too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's been Morgan Freeman a lot of times, but I feel like Edward James almost could also be God. Yeah. Has Morgan Freeman been ruined yet? I don't think so. Oh, thank goodness. I think he's still, I don't know if I can take still it. still God-like? Yeah, but like, I just so many people are ruined. <laughs> Yeah, Hollywood is like uh, there. Yes, continue. Yep. Uh, it does call into question some things about like what was going on in the colonies before the attacks. Yeah, but don't we have a bit of that before when they're like... We have a little. Yeah. Like mm. we know that they've like, 
you know, certain colonies have had issues with other colonies. and No, but also we had that whole thing of like uh, Adama going to that planet. And yeah, yeah, yeah. The they were going to blame it on the other, blah, the blah, other blah. human people. Blah, blah. And it's, it's but fine. yeah, it's always interesting when the, yeah, we don't know what's going on. But this is terrible. It is. It's terrible to use on humans and or like, potential Cylons. We can have a whole conversation about torture, but I think we've done it before. You and I haven't done it before. I don't think so. Oh, torture. It's bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> is there a time when you think that torture is relevant, allowed? I think that it's been proven that it it tends not to get very good information. I'm right? reasonably sure that this is exactly the conversation that Melia and I had. You can tell me because you listen to our podcast way it's, more than I do. It's possible that, yes, you already covered this. I think we covered torture and I think the conversation was... Torture is bad. Is there a reason you use it? Yes, except that it, it doesn't, doesn't work. actually work. So no. <laughs> if it worked, then maybe there would be situations that where like, but it doesn't. So but we can agree the that there are relevant uses for Veritas serum. So Indeed. that's okay. <laughs> Torture bad, Veritas serum good. It's been decided. Mm-hmm. You heard it here. Mm-hmm. So... They uh, strap Gaius down. They they poke him with the syringe. They're that is like, a huge. It thing is. In that's his a neck. that's a large injection that's going into his neck. Adama says like and very I'll ominously, "Try not to make any loud noises." Oh yeah, yeah. I feel like that's a uh, foreshadowing a little bit. Just a just a tad. Um, James Callis does great acting here, though. He. He does, I mean, but just we already like we no, already no, no. Did we've this. done the, yeah yeah yeah. But I think that there is a moment when like they're about to put the injection in his neck where he's just like genuinely oh, yes, and I'm just like he's, holy shit. He's perfectly panicking. Like it's yeah. very real, very real. I was like holy shit. Don't poke him with a thing. It looks really scary. <laughs> uh, they strap his head down in this like bondage contraption, uh, and usually he loves those. Right? He he was a little turned on, I think, when he got scratched <laughs> too hard by that sex. Oh, not that oh, hard. No. <laughs> that's how I sound when I have sex. Ooh. Now you know. That's how, all, that's how all women sound. Exactly. If, if, if your don't. woman doesn't sound like that, she's faking it. Yeah, she's totally faking it. <laughs> so uh, Adama's super educated about how this drug works. He knows all the right things to say. Like, where are you? Tell us where you are. Find the light. Da, da, da. Uh, and Gaius is like, oh, I've been in this water for 15 seconds. So I guess I'll start talking about Caprica 6. Like, yes. It's just very, it, work, it works very well, I suppose. Yes. It's another point in this episode where I feel like the language is really forced. Like he's never called her Caprica 6. Not ever. It's just, it's for our benefit. And but everybody calls her Caprica 6. Because but actually, that, do you what, think like when he's in bed with her, he's like, oh, Caprica 6. No, well, what I put in my notes is what I thought was really interesting is that it's weird that he would say Caprica because I feel like he would have thought her name was something else. And I feel like that's what he'd call her. Well, everyone on the ship called her Caprica. No, no, no. But he had a relationship with her and the whole flashback is about her saving him from oh i think he explosion. never knows her name uh, like the original he had on a ca- relationship i with know her. i know and i genuinely think i think they talk about it i think he never knew her name the whole time that's it's, it's fracking weird um 
I was is just it like, a little bit like once you've known someone for too long and you're afraid to ask their name? <laughs> like I've been there, but not with someone I'm fucking. <laughs> like maybe no, never. Wait, maybe. Wait, let me think. Okay, but did you ever give anyone you slept with access to government technology? That's what happened in Battlestar Galactica. Yes. So for those of us, of you who are not Patreon supporters, we just did a whole segue on the Kaylee and Lisa Sex Life podcast. Mostly the Lisa Sex Life podcast. Hey, it, it varies between the two. But um, for those of you who would like access to that, we're going to put it up on our Patreon page. And you can support us there. You could. The low, low, low fee. Low, low, low fee of $1 a month. <laughs> or preferably more. But we'll take, pay for we'll take a buck. Look, we'll take a dollar. We, we, we're hustling on New York lives. Um, and yeah, you can get special bonus features like Kaylee occasionally reading poetry or me talking about my sex life. And I know you all want to know about the sex life of 21-year-old Lisa. Who wouldn't? Exactly. All right. Let's move on. So torture, torture, torture. Oh, yes. Uh. Jamie Bember's wife makes a loud noise. <gasps> loud noises! Oh no, now he feels like he's gonna drown. Um, and Edward James almost actually, it's its a really weird line where he's like, we're gonna let you drown. Yeah. It just seemed odd. Yeah. Because that... It's uh, not English. It's, it's maybe English of the Battlestar Galactica times. Maybe I'm not I'm I'm trying so hard in uh in this part of my life to not be a grammar Nazi because oh, why uh, not? It's uh, the best it's the only good kind of Nazi there is. I would argue you against that. Thought about it. Um No, I would argue um I wasn't arguing for other Nazis. I was arguing against grammar Nazis because the more I study about language, the more I'm realizing that the way language evolves is it evolves in a way that is. Um, yeah, but we I sent you that article about y'all and that makes sense. But then there are some things that just don't. But I get what you mean. But then there are some things. Like, I just as long as meaning is being expressed in a way that's not confusing. But what that's about if how language is there? evolving. What if people use the wrong there or your Come on, Kaylee. Well, there's a difference between spelling and grammar. Okay. Well, then, to be continued. We'll add another episode to our Patreon about grammar. Hashtag Lisa and Kaylee to grammar. I have a lot of thoughts and a lot of regrets about how much of a grammar Nazi I was in the past. Because there there are ways that languages evolve and they're never... correct according to the people who decide such things agree with you on a point but there is so my my response is always if somebody has a very clear error in their facebook post and i can tell that it's something they're really passionate about and that they're trying to get out there i will actually pm them and say hey 
I don't want to like, I'm just letting you know and like, it's fine if whatever, but you like misspelled this word and I can see that you're trying to put across a really serious point right now. And I think it's really important and I don't want some dickhead to come on there and do a little asterisk and put the right word. So I'm just going to tell you personally, and if you want to edit it, you can. Yeah. And then more often than not, they're like, thank you so much. And also we make mistakes on our Twitter account. All the time. All the fracking time. And Twitter is hard because you can't edit it. So you have to like reply and be like, oh, I'm a dickhead. Yep. Pretty That's much. the world we live in. That is. It's not the future that Battlestar but imagined, hey, but it's the future that we have. It is. And I mean, Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp all crashed the other day. And so what else do we have but Twitter? Where, lol, Facebook made their announcement that they were crashed. They're like, what do we do? We'll tell everybody on Facebook. Wait a minute. We can't do that. And so they did it on Twitter. I think it's time for the whiskey The future now. is fascinating. Let's have whiskey. Uh, guys, let's out this like horror movie scream. That's very like. I was just about to walk over there with my headphones on. Yeah, I was wondering how you were gonna come. You're very attached to many devices right now. <laughs> um, there's this like horror movie scream that's I think him screaming two different times that they cut together. Uh, it's very disturbing. Rosalind starts like tearing up watching him get tortured, which is fair. Because it's very sad. Uh, and then he goes from like feeling like he's in some random pool of water to being back in the resurrection tank with like children. Creepy ass bloody face. They are children. so creepy. And the music is children doing this like ohm kind of a chant. Mm-hmm. And they're all like petting him. Um, this also was not a big win with the TV people. Lisa's is trying to pour me whiskey, but I'm not ready. I am. And so to let you know, we are drinking Lime Burners Single Malt Whiskey from Western Australia. Cask Strength is Darkest Winter, which, by the way, is 64.2% alcohol. That is a lot. All right. We don't do proofs. It is a sample. It is courtesy of my friend who works for a liquor distributor who is very generous with Australian spirits because he knows that I can't get them here. So shout out to you, Kelvin. I think he's currently in Australia. Thanks, Kelvin. Yep. He's also the one who supplied us with the vermouth. I loved that vermouth so much. It was beautiful. I still have some. We're going to watch the next episode after this. You can have some vermouth. Heck yeah. But are you ready for whiskey? I got to I got to finish this beer. Hold and on. I'm sorry because unless you live in Australia, you can't get this. I, you can't even get it in the you States. You can get it if you're Katie Sackoff or uh, James Callis and you want to come sit in the bed with us. Yes. Shout out to all of the Battlestar Galactica people. I will get every whiskey from Australia if you will come join us in bed. That was beautiful. Kaylee just I just chugged because Lisa's going to pour me whiskey before we move on. Yes. Continue. All right. So he he has more monologuing about how he really wanted to be asylum because it would be a new beginning. It would be forgiveness. Um, mm. Cause he multiple times caused the destruction of humanity. Mm. Uh, but he says he got away on you. He says here that he's not a Cylon. Yes. Uh, and then this creepy little girl pushes him underwater. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually a cool shot. So I think, uh, Ronald D. Moore said that he that was not in the script and that was actually Edward James Olmos's choice. And I wonder that he how really you it. film that when it's not in the script because like wow that's a shot I would think you would have to prep for. Like I think that Edward James almost added it in. Interesting. 
and actually uh i love that ronald d Moore. like he'll just be like oh this thing happened like with the wheelchair guy he'll be like that thing happened and i have nothing to do with it but i think it's cool and that was the same for this he was like you know what that was eddie's choice and like i think it's pretty cool i didn't decide it but i think it's great he's very supportive yes it's lovely yeah it's beautiful so here's more dialogue that to me feels really forced where Gaius <laughs> was like, what? Um, Gaius was like, oh, the final five, the final five. And and Rosalind immediately is like, oh, oh she you got, must mean the final five Cylons. She got really religious again in this episode. She got really religious, but she also like the, the that's terminology that the Cylons throw around that the humans do not have access to. Mm-hmm. So it just seems really weird that she's like the final five. You mean the final five Cylons? Yes. Because I remember that there are 12 models and I just did the math in my head and I realized you're talking about the Cylons. To be we don't fair, know. 12 minus seven is not a hard math equation. Like I get it. For but, some people. But but you, maybe. wouldn't you be like, okay, wait, there's like Deanna, there's six, there's Sharon, there's De- like, it would take you a second to count up how many silence that we have. Anyway, I don't know. She spent a lot of time on New Caprica looking at all of them. We so can go I guess back to I that Todd it. scene in Bojack Horseman where he's like, <laughs> <laughs> weird conclusion. It's, it's better than that. Putting the conclusions together. Yes. It's just, it's language. It's like show language that not everyone should be sharing. And yet they're all sharing it. Yes. Uh, so then they're back in Adama's quarters and she's like, five, hey, just five pillars. It's very much five for the everything. benefit, I think, of the viewers. Like, hey, there were five Cylons. There were five priests. There were five pillars in the thing. It's all connected by this number, five. Which is, by the way, guys, my lucky number. Is it? You're welcome. Yeah. Aww. Lots of reasons. What's yours? I, I like all of the numbers that are... I like a lot of the numbers that are in my birthday. So I like 22. How very narcissistic of you. Sure. Um, and I, I I would probably say number eight because I feel like when people are like, oh, my lucky number, it's usually like between one and it 13 is. roughly. Yeah. I actually feel like I had my lucky number as five and then I made heaps of justifications for it. I feel like we discussed this on the podcast before. I've never discussed my lucky numbers. Okay. So maybe I discussed it with someone else. So what's in my birthday's the 14th of May. So it's like one plus four is five and then fifth month. Oh, how narcissistic of you. No, I made, and then eight plus seven, 87 is 15 and multiple five. No, but I made these excuses because my brother's is the 23rd. So two plus three. I know. Well, the numbers uh, yeah. in my birthday are zero, one, two, four, and eight. If you like, just look at them that way, where everything's like kind of doubled, except mm. one is not a double of zero, whatever. Um, look, that's beautiful. Way. No, no, no. I'm saying that I liked five because I think it's a nice round number, even though it's not round. It's certainly not. No, but it's like feels round to me. <laughs> 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 And then I found justifications for it. It's the number of fingers on my hand. It's the number of toes on my foot. Exactly. It's a number of the final five and the five pillars. So how dare you? And the five priests. Exactly. Continue. It's all connected. We're almost through this. Oh, dear gods. Uh, We've got just shit lines from Ty. Like, it's all just mumbo jumbo. Like... He, he's just there to say random shit. He is. He and then is. Uh, Rosin's like, oh, it's time we try the carrot. And you know who's the carrot? Kate is the carrot. Yeah, he is. Kate is the carrot. He is. Do you know what I had as a note about this line? What? Do they have horses? 
in the Battlestar Galactic universe because that's obviously a horse reference. There must be horses. They have 12 planets. There must be horses on one of them. But like how? Anyway, point being is that it seems like a very horsey reference. Also, <laughs> fun fact, I'm terrified of horses. I don't know if we've brought this up on the podcast before. But you I'm haven't terrified. ever told it to me. I've never really ridden a horse. I'm terrified of them. They are big animals that could kill you. I fed a horse an apple once. That was nice. They're huge. It was nice. They're very scary. It was a nice horse. Look. But it could have taken my hand off. Exactly. But it did. Why are people not scared of horses? But it did. And then weirdly, they're like, oh, we we can't eat horse meat. And I'm like, why? You eat everything else. And I say this as someone who was like primarily vegetarian. So like... There are certainly, I don't know about other cultures, but in American cultures, there are definitely animals that we value for their like connection with humans. There are animals that we value connection with humans by like forcing them to race and jump over things and killing them. Sure. And I say that. And actually my parents, I don't know, they have a friend who's really into horse racing. So they part own horses. Horse racing seems weird to me, but in general, like I think a lot of people who just have horses and ride them, it's a very like, Mm. it's a relationship that seems to work. Have we ever discussed the cow race in Australia? Nope. Tell us all about it. Okay. So, there is only one cow race left in Australia. It is in a country town that I have forgotten the name of. The Compass, Mount Compass. Mount Compass, South Australia. Last cow race, they use it as a fundraiser for the local community. They auction off cows that are already going to be killed. And then you have teams of four. One rides the cow, the other three move the cow, and you try and race the cow. My family goes to the Compass Cup every year. My dad has won a couple of times. He's never the jockey because he's a giant man. And that is a thing that I grew up with. And I just increasingly am like... I didn't know you could ride a cow. Well... You can, but they're very dangerous. <laughs> and you know what? Sometimes I'm like, I'm a really eccentric person. Why is that? And then I, then I really look at my life and I'm like, <laughs> it makes a lot of sense because I don't know a lot of kids who went to cow races their whole life, but here we are. I remember a friend of mine grew up on a farm and she said the cows were mean as fuck. They are. And if you were like in the pasture with them and they decided to charge at you, like it's you like better being run. hit by a car. Yeah. And I remember there was a time because they were like confined to their field, but and like they've got the three people around them like directing them in the way, but they never want to go where you think they want to go. And like that's fine. That's their 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 choice. They're gonna die. Um, but but it was like a fundraising thing. Like you bid on the cow that you thought was Poor the best cows. cow. Yeah, yeah, I know, but they're gonna die anyway. At least they had a good run and a trophy. I a mean, literal we, run. Yeah, exactly. I was a vegetarian for a long time, and now I'm not. But maybe I will be again one day. I don't know. I was vegetarian for eight years, and for a bunch of that time, I didn't eat dairy either because I had this weird parasite that wouldn't allow me to eat dairy. Um, and now I eat meat because I'm allergic to corn, and I live in America. And I was like, and also you guys just have way less nutrients in your food than we do back home. That sounds right. Like I felt like being a vegetarian back home, I had everything I needed and that I could eat everywhere and not need to eat meat. I took up fish like a year or two ago because it's good for your brain. And my family has a very terrible history of Alzheimer's and dementia. And I was like, Mm. anything I can do to keep this thing. I quite like my brain. That's nice. Um, but moving here, I'm like very, I'm, I'm much more lax about eating meat. I, s- I was a vegetarian for, I think, over 11 years. And I stopped because I was doing a lot of traveling mm. and staying with like random families here and there. I and I didn't want to be that. like mm. 
hey, I am from America and I don't speak your language and I won't eat your food. No, like it I, seemed like a dick thing to do. But even when I was Sagittarian, I had that rule for traveling. Right. Like I would, if I was somewhere and some, like I, I remember I was in Germany and I was vegetarian and someone had made this, me this amazing like meatball dish. And I was like, I'm not going to be like, because so much about traveling is discovery. And it's the same thing now where I don't really drink except for the podcast and the Buffy and the Bobby but I don't really drink now. But when I was in DC, I was at a, a beautiful whiskey bar and there were these amazing local distilleries and breweries. And I was like, fuck yes, I'm going to drink this. this. is such a big part of me discovering a city is like the food and the yeah. wine and the beer and the whiskey. And so I think that it's all like that. I think that you can take things extremely. And I think that at the end of the day, it's like I probably eat vegetarian 90% of the time. Most of the meals I make at home are vegetarian. Pretty much everything I make at home is vegetarian. And then when I'm out, actually, it's just a matter of am I allergic to this? Or like, because most of the time it's like meat and allergy food. And it's like (laughs) if I have a choice between eating something that... I'm morally opposed to eating all the time or going to make me sick for a whole day. I am going to choose morally opposed. Yeah. And to be an easy human who can exist and be social, which like theoretically I could be. Re- at, at in reality, point, not. At this point in my life, I am not morally opposed to the idea of eating meat. I'm I think just, everyone should eat less I'm meat. pretty morally opposed to factory farming still, but not enough to escape it. I think that the thing is, is that everything is about just, and I think it's the same thing. Like I could, you could consider vegetarianism very extreme and I did it because I couldn't eat meat occasionally. And now that I was vegetarian for so long, I find that easy because if I eat too much meat, my body is like, what are you doing? Yeah, I cannot process this. Whereas if I had done that from the get go, I would have been like, oh, it's Monday. I'm going to eat meat. Like I would have just found an excuse. Whereas now that I haven't eaten it for so long, it's like, oh, I can actually eat this in moderation. But I think it's like everything. It's like, I mean, some people work better that way, like extreme one way or the other. I'm not that person. I'm very pragmatic. And I feel like just a little bit of everything in your life is good. And I think there is a lot of negative stuff that happens. Oh, we didn't even talk about the dinner party I had this week. Maybe. Oh, you went? You didn't know? I forgot when it was. Oh, are you going to talk about this right now? Yeah, let's do it. The podcast is already going for ages anyway. Curious. Um, so I went to a dinner party. I have an acquaintance whose dad, it turns out, is a libertarian uh, commentator on Fox News. He is quite well known and um, has several Emmys from his former career before Fox News. And we had dinner at his place on central park west do you want to remind us his name or do you want to keep him anonymous let's keep it anonymous Uh, i like to observe chatham house and so it was his dad and his mom who's a psychotherapist and him who's a storyteller poet and like seriously that's probably enough information for you to work out who it is if you wanted to dig deep on the internet and then a group of this guy's friends um so we're all quite younger and we were talking about medicare for all um which was just a really interesting thing and i like i really i am really against extremist perspectives and i say that towards every single ideology but i've never really considered myself a liberal or conservative or anything i kind of take issues on their basis as they come probably most people would refer to me as a liberal but i don't necessarily identify i I don't think it's helpful to identify as a 
this or that or whatever necessarily. Um, particularly like I'm coming from Australia where we are more to the left than America anyway. And then here, anyway, it was a super interesting conversation. Um, I learned some amazing things. There was a guy at the dinner party who was working for Accenture. Um, they had health insurance for him and he found out he had testicular cancer and the out-of-pocket expense was $20,000, even though he had insurance, which to me is mental, mental. Um, we talked about, because this guy's libertarian, free market, blah, 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 blah. Free market will fix it. Free market will fix it. And I mean, for me, what was really interesting is like talking about drug companies as being innovators. And I'm like, well, I don't think that all innovation comes from private business. And I've been looking for statistics on this. And if anyone could share them with me, I think a lot of innovation actually comes from research that's driven by government funding. It's just not necessarily put into a business form. And I think businesses run with a lot of technology that has been funded by government initiatives. Wi-Fi was developed in Australia, by the way. You're welcome. Thanks. No worries. Um, but like things like Gardasil, which is the um, HPV vaccine that was developed in Australia with government research. I think there are some things that come out and I was talking about a drug that I've actually been trying to get a hold of, um, which is called agomelatin. The name that I know it by is Valdoxin. Um, so I've been going through some really bad mental health stuff here um, obviously, which I think I've been pretty open about on the podcast. And there was a drug that I briefly took at one point, which is a kind of like bizarre antidepressant, which is actually all about sleep-wake um, regulation as opposed to SSRIs, which kind of fuck with you. And like, they're really hard to get on. They're really hard to get off. And I found this was a really useful drug. I took it for three or four months and it just like made the days a little brighter. And it's not that I necessarily am like at risk of suicide or anything like that. Don't worry. I'm still going to be here. But it was this thing where I'm like, if I could make my days a little bit brighter, like, of course I'm going to do that. And so I was really trying to get it and it's not FDA approved here. And one of the reasons is, is that no one has a patent on it in America. And so no one wants to bring it in. And so groups lobby against this drug because it it's going to be in competition to SSRIs and SSNIs. And it's, so it's like me as a person who's like, this is a medication that I have found that has worked really effectively for me. Um, and as a person who is constantly in search of medications that might work for me. Yeah. Boy, howdy, would I love something that I know works for other people. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and, and, and it's really sad that that can't come here. And so we had this whole, com- we had a few conversations. So one was sort of the impact on government of big pharma having this sort of power. Another one was on the way that people don't pursue innovation and don't kind of participate in the free market because they're so scared about losing their health insurance that they don't leave their jobs and start companies. And so it was a really interesting conversation. It was very respectful um it was there was not really a conclusion of it it was just like a really great conversation i actually took the time to research australia and our system which i vaguely knew details of but now have like really well versed myself in and i think that we have like a reasonable system we have a system that um basically you take like you take like two percent of your income of every tax return goes towards a Medicare levy. Once you earn over $90,000 a year, they add an extra percent to that because they want to um, incentivize you to take private tax insurance. Tax the rich. <laughs> no, but it's not about taxing the rich. It's about incentivizing private insurance. So it's like if you are earning over that amount, it 
we want to make it cheaper for you to insure yourself privately so that Medicare can take care of people who are poorer. And I think that's a really great system. And so it was it was a great conversation. I've just talked about it for way too long for a Battlestar Galactica podcast, but it was such an amazing and interesting thing that happened to me in New York. And that's the kind of thing that I kind of want to be here for. And I'm really interested in having conversations. And I, I would encourage you all to talk to someone that you don't agree with um, in a respectful way, because this guy was lovely and it doesn't like his his political views are probably similar to my dad's that's fine we had a very respectful conversation and he's probably someone you would watch and think this guy is unreasonable and I think it's just nice to take a step back and say let's just engage with each other and he was very respectful of everybody else as well and I think that particularly if you work for a network like Fox News you're expected to come across as someone who who to anyone who is liberal might seem over the top and unreasonable. There's a persona, I think, that comes with working for that company. The way that he does journalism is definitely for that population. I watched a lot of his stuff before I met with him. Um, I would say that something interesting about him being libertarian is he thinks that drugs should be legalized. He thinks that should include drugs like the one that I'm trying to get. He thinks that people should be able to test them on themselves. Don't know how I feel about that. He, he, but he does, he, you know, he thinks abortion should be legal. He does have very consistent libertarian views. I think his faith in the free market to make things work is very naive (laughs) and I say that about a man in his 70s but like seriously I just don't think that the free market is going to end up and he makes comparisons to the um you know dental whitening clinics or the cosmetic surgery places and I'm like but that's a very different thing because it's not something that people need if someone is like you're going to die if you don't have this people are going to pay whatever they can um, and he's like, oh, I don't mind giving the pharmaceutical companies my money because they're going to develop the best drugs. And I'm like, I just don't think that's the case. I actually think if we just give more money to universities to do that, it's better. And so there were points where we disagreed, but like, I like, I like people with consistent values and I did appreciate that about him. And people who listen to other viewpoints, most importantly. Who would invite a bunch of people into their house who they know disagree with them 100%. And they do that on purpose. They're like, we don't want to be out of touch with people. We want to listen to what young people have to say. And we're going to host them in our home. And it was beautiful and lovely and and made some friends. Not to get spoilery, but if you had been watching Battlestar Galactica as it aired and you saw a preview for the next episode, which might have happened, you might know that it's going to get a little bit into something of a healthcare issue. Oh, wow. The next episode is called The Woman King, hmm. which I was like, that sounds intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. By the way, it looks like I'm pouring myself a lot of whiskey, but I'm having very little whiskey. I have to say. This is great. Australia? Lime burners? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. It's not pretty even frack yeah. Fuck yeah. And this isn't even my favorite Australian whiskey. This is lovely yes y'all this is a very y'all know your liquors we do and what's great like oh my god we could have a whole podcast about whiskey and economics um australia could only recently start making whiskey what's really cool is we have very few restrictions why um so there are a lot of legal things about distilleries blah 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 i don't know the big nitty-gritty all i know is that we could only really start producing whiskey maybe 20 25 years ago it started in tasmania and then sort of branched out now it's become a lot more common but we have like in scotland in america there are a lot of 
uh, rules about alcohol that are very strictly tied to economic things. So like, for example, if you want to make a bourbon, it has to be 51% corn. It has to be in a virgin oak barrel. Both of those things are very tied to the economics of America who produce corn, who have virgin oak. And then the virgin oak barrels actually, once they've been used for bourbon, usually get sold to Europe to age whisk, like scotch whiskey in. So there's a whole thing there. Um, in Australia, we sort of had this um, low expectation of what we would produce, um, but we drink scotch. So we made a lot of scotch style whiskeys, although I've had some amazing bourbons and ryes in Australia, mostly rye. I'm not a big bourbon person, but Can I Can you have bourbon with the corn content? Yes. I mean, it's less common. Rye, definitely, I've had a couple of like 100% Australian rye. I think Bushmills do it. They're Victorian. Um, but what's really cool about Australia is that we don't have that many rules. We just have the two-year thing, which is pretty standard. And aside from that, we don't really have any rules or expectations. And so we've done some really freaking cool shit. Like, this is a very standard whiskey. Um, I wouldn't say this is particularly like innovative or amazing, but there are some it's, incredible it's things. It's nice and smooth going down there. It's very smooth. Nice caramel Especially notes. given how mm. high proof it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's peated, which isn't my favorite. Um, we have like uh, one of my favorite distilleries, Starwood, does a ginger beer cask, which is a limited Ooh. release. And so they make ginger beer in barrels and, and they make whiskey in that. And it's this beautiful, like I love ginger. Um, it's beautiful, spicy. ginger whiskey? Yeah, I mean, okay. theoretically, we have to fracking get it. And like, it's already hard to get even if you live in Melbourne, let alone here. I mean, I could. You've got to take me to your homeland. Yes, one day okay. when I have all the money. And also I have that. Yes. So we've gone on a massive tangent once again. Should we finish this fracking episode? Where are we even up I to? I have two paragraphs left. Okay, good. Let's go. Okay. So Gita has a mean girls moment. He does. Where he's like, hey, I think my math is wrong it's so good <laughs> um you what's the day i'm bad at math <laughs> i know and like come on guys you should have known at this point that it's not believable but honestly it's a smart tactic for like two fracking seconds until gata looks at the camera on the ceiling which is so large but also seriously they have a stealth ship it's the future or whatever, like, they, they don't have tiny cameras? Yeah. I think, I call bullshit on this whole thing because I feel like Gaius would have totally known that there was a camera anyway. But also, he's like, oh no, you're recording me doing math? We can't go on. Like, yeah. what's even happening This here? all seemed wrong to me. Like, I felt like Bolta would have assumed there was a camera in there anyway. Like... He's like, oh, Gata, I'll tell you the math, but only you. And you have to keep the math a secret, a sexy secret. That's their sexy secret. Math. We we, we just made so much eye contact <laughs> in that moment that you didn't see. <laughs> but it, it, yeah, sexy, sexy math. I just, and then Gata's like, cool, cool, cool. You do some math, you get a nice cell. And then Gaius is like, oh, no. Where's the camera? Mm-hmm. Oh, I see it. It's on the ceiling and it's enormous. I do love the shot of Baltar looking up though. And being like, hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Gaius and Gaeta have, have their lover spat. Uh-huh. Have their long overdue lover spat since Whisper. they haven't seen each other since Gaeta had a fracking gun to his head on New Caprica. And... 
bolt whispers something yeah. you know nobody like a lover knows how to push your buttons remember all those times do you remember all those times that i was inside you <laughs> that's exactly what happened that's exactly it's not at all about whatever nonsense ronald d moore was talking about about a subplot no. with some people from one of the colonies no, no it's about sex it's about sex it's about what is it Gay sex what? baby Gaelix. 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 it's about <laughs> Gaelix, baby but he is trying to like pull this guilt card with gata that like i know gata somehow still carries a lot of guilt and weight about what happened on new caprica but like he like saved all of their asses multiple times this is gator is a great human and his only fault is his love for bolta i know Mm. but uh whatever he says whether it's a sexy secret or a violent secret Gator responds by stabbing him in the neck with a pen. I love it. Which is a thing that you texted me when you were watching this episode. I totally did. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, I didn't expect that. That's how I read it. When I read the text, that's the voice I heard it in. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. You guys are lucky I pulled the microphone away. (laughs) We've been doing a lot of that this episode. We have. There's been, it's the first, the first bit. Necessary. Completely necessary. And then, so everybody has been watching on the very obvious camera in the ceiling, mm-hmm. and they rush into the room, and and Rosalind's like, "I understand what you're feeling." And Kate is like, "No, you don't. You're no, not you- gay for Baltar." Yeah, exactly. How dare you? You don't know about Gaelic. You think you know, but you don't know. Okay. Think you know, but you have no exactly. Idea. And she's trying to be diplomatic, and then someone just punches him in the face. The real world, Battlestar exactly. Galactica. Hmm. Oh my god, let's make that shit happen. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Rosalind sort of distracts Gata by trying to appeal to him emotionally and Adama just punches him out. It's so good. And then uh, we're in the uh, the hospital wing. Can I say six removes her heels? She does in a way that I relate to. I also just wrote ha ha ha. Hot, hot, hot. But also Edward James almost loves a shot of Six's legs under like a table. Okay. That's great. That's good good information to know. It is. Almost under a table. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome. But I do. That is the way that you kick off your heels when you've been wearing them for too long, you know? Which is about five minutes. Exactly. How long did I last in my heels with Buffy Brom? Oh, I don't remember because of all the whiskey. Oh, but we... Like it was literally an hour. Okay. And then I was like, do you know what it feels like time for? Sneakers. Heck yeah. Uh, and I packed them in my bag like a very sensible human. I'm proud of you. Thank you. But we had was- a great time jamming out to 90s. And also. And also. Take me or leave me from rent. Which is our jam officially. And also, I feel like we, because we obviously have our characters, which you would know without even knowing. I mean. Guess which one of us has a lot of notes. And is Joanne. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, look for that because I feel like that's our karaoke track. Um, watch this space. Did we do that when we went to karaoke? No. I don't think so. I, I don't think I broke think my so, voice doing it at the buffering prom. But we should Ooh. record that. We'll rehearse it tonight and then we'll. I, I'm now on the whiskey, says Tonight. the woman who no longer drinks. And um, we're gonna it's, do 
carry your kite tonight. <laughs> that was a rent reference. Also, that chick is dating Cory Booker. The chick who was uh, me, me in the movie. In the movie, who's not Daphne Ruben Vega, who is the original Mimi, but. No, no, no. The one in the movie. Rosario Dawson. She's dating Cory Booker. I waited on at my restaurant one time. Is she nice? They came in in a group and it was weird and she was sick and she ordered French onion soup and like our French onion soup wasn't very good. And okay. I was like, try to, uh, you should order something so else. So her but and she Cory didn't. Booker are in love and I don't know how I feel about yeah, it. Yeah. And he's running for president. He so is. everyone's like potential first lady Rosario Dawson, which, which is I'm fine. not mad about. No, I'm fine with it. Anyway. Um, but yeah, also Cory Booker. Gorgeous yeah. IRL BT dubs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Continue. Okay. She came in with America Ferrer. It's fine. It was a great day. <laughs> I lost my mind a little bit. I had to hide behind one of the server stations. To lose your mind, it's happened to all of us. Feelings about ladies in my restaurant. So (laughs) we're almost done. Uh, I just think it's a scene with Rosalind's hand on Adama's leg now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So six is in the bed with Gaius also first, and she's like oh, you're not one of the five. And he's like, I'm not. And still, like, still I guess like, we maybe? don't know. Like, don't. he's never taken any sort of Cylon test, which I think they abandoned many moons ago. Right, they had one of those. They did. And I think after Gaius, like, fake tested Boomer, who was <laughs> a Cylon, and he was like, you're not a Cylon. I think they just abandoned it after that. Fair enough. Um but couldn't he just have tested himself like two seasons ago? Yeah, I feel like that could have been a thing. But <laughs> hey, where's the suspense in that? Where is the suspense in that? I think technically still There's we science. don't know. But he does say like, I'm not one of the final five, but I'm the chosen one. And it's yeah. a secret that I'll never tell about. Yeah. Just like Buff- uh, just like Harry Potter. But I am the chosen one. Whack! It's <laughs> a good line i don't know if that's in the book and the movie but it's definitely in the movie and i think even if it's not in the book it's great in the movie where she's like she only likes you because you're the chosen one and he's like but i am the chosen one and then hermione hits him over the head and i'm like that's the perfect response exactly. to anyone saying that i mean because harry potter is the chosen say one. that all the time in every form of sci-fi and fantasy and whatever okay yeah just a smack R. across R. the head Diana. is what you need yep. uh okay. rosalind's in adama's bed rosalind's laying down in adama's bed and it's important yes and she touches his leg and that's she great. touches his leg and they end on this note where she's like let's give gaius his trial which leads us into the deleted scene tell me about it i haven't seen it so firstly have you not i genuinely haven't okay. you've got the dvds i do not um so, firstly, Six is in shackles. So, yeah. Take okay. the shackles off my feet so I can dance. Wowzers. Just want to pray. Anyway, we're praising her because she looks really hot in neck shackles, and I just want to call that out. Who doesn't look hot in neck shackles? Exactly. Um, I did, Ronald D. Moore mentioned that this scene existed, but and I, I was it. like, oh, heck yeah, at the end of the last episode, they captured Six and like threw her in the brig and, and if you were like hey i'm a fan of this show watching through for the first time you guys have six you guys have caprica six on board where is she exactly you wouldn't have seen her in this episode i, I think that's this. bullshit yes so rosalind does this whole scene with her where she actually treats caprica so she's like what do they call you and she's like they call me caprica 
And so Rosalind refers to her as Caprica, which is, and, and actually refers to her in a very human way. And so the whole scene is Six trying to uh, negotiate with Rosalind to say, I know you're torturing Gaius, I don't want you to. And she said, if you give Gaius a trial, I'll tell you everything you want to know. Which I think is really important because this originally was before when Rosalind decided to have a trial and I just am sad that it wasn't part of it. But And also just like six in shackles. Can we watch that later? We can. Cool, cool, cool. Although I've already put on because the next DVD is the next episode and I already put it in the DVD player because I wanted to see if it still had the bad coloring. Which I can't tell from the intro screen. Oh, yeah. oh, I should also say that the woman, Jamie Bamber's wife, whatever her name is, was supposed to be a whistleblower. I wrote it, I wrote it down. I wrote it down. No, but her character name. I wrote, I think, only the actress's name. I down. think it's Carrie or something. I think it's Kara, not to be confused with okay. Kara Thrace. Okay. Um. Basically, she was originally supposed to be a whistleblower in this episode, which is um, there was supposed to be like an announcement about Gaius and then she was going to be in the bar, like listening, blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. This has gone on way too long. And yes, we are going to cut things out and leave them specifically only for our Patreon viewers. We have counts before we totally wrap up. That's what I mean. Let's go. All right. We've got... 41,403 survivors in space. I sped it up so we could get it over with. We've got eight fracks, two from Cheat, three from Apollo, one from D, one from Guys, one from Gaeta. We've got three Cylons, which are three versions of Head Six. Does that count? I don't know. When Gaius is dreaming about being in the tank, there are three sixes, and those are, I think, the only Cylons we see in the Still not enough sixes. And Caprica six, if we include the deleted scene. Which. Yeah. Yeah. I think the theme of this episode is torture, as in it was a little bit of a torture to watch. Oh. Yes. Boom. Um, I think we're done. You can find us. You can find us. Beers Beats BSG on Twitter is where we mostly live. It is. And thank goodness, given the recent Facebook slash Instagram slash WhatsApp crashing. Thank goodness indeed. Yes. Uh we have an email that nobody uses except and we don't for check. people I found out recently who think that we want their sick, sick beats. Oh, I didn't know that. I get a lot of requests on LinkedIn from people who are like, let's promote your podcast. And I'm like, no, thank you. The email I logged into finally after all this time is full of people who are like, I got some beats for you, man. I'm like a DJ. I got beats. Oh, wow. Like, like sick, beats sick from jams. a song. Oh, interesting. Sick, sick jams. So don't send us those probably because we don't really have anything to do with them. And also we don't have enough followers to promote you. Sure. But, I mean, we uh, have a few, but it's an, there is a very niche market and we have for to Battlestar Galactica fans who are super into sick, sick beats and musical theater and Buffy. Look, I'm I think happy there's more crossover there. Yes. All right. To finish off. Find us, support day. us. I walk down I'll the street. <laughs> I hear people say, baby, so sweet. Ever since puberty, everybody stares at me. Boys, girls, I can't help it, baby. It's such a long song that I'm waiting for my it part. It takes so long for Joanna to come in.
It won't work. I look before I leap. I love marches and discipline. I make lists in my sleep, baby. What's my sin? Never quit. I follow through. I miss, but I love you. What to do with my impromptu, baby? You're welcome. You're very welcome. Goodbye. Kaylee mic dropped. You can't hear it, but that's what happened.